This is um, exciting, isn't it? Hey, l- listen, uh, if it's your first time here, I'm Adam. I'm the lead communicator here. Um, I've never, ever been emotional on this stage and may not get there today, but I'm just warning you, this is an emotional day for a lot of us in the room. Because let me tell you about something. One year ago, something happened. One year ago, as churches all over our world and all over our country are becoming museums, 18 people set out on a journey to plant a church in a museum in downtown Fort Lauderdale. One year ago, we set out on a journey. I want to tell you a little bit about our history. Because there was 18 of us, there was approximately 18 of us who kind of set out on this journey to plant downtown Harbor Church. What I love so much about this morning, because we strategically made the decision very early on to go to two services. We did that so that our volunteers initially could have the opportunity to attend a service, specifically those who work with kids. We wanted them to be able to attend a service. And so we had our opening day last September. And if you remember, it was a packed house opening day. If you were there, if you weren't, every seat was filled. But let me tell you about opening day and who was there. Well-wishers were there, and that was awesome. Today, look around this room, because we're only having one service today. This is Downtown Harbor Church. This is who we are. There are not well-wishers in this room today. These are people who are engaging with us. Our average weekly attendance is over 100 kids and adults, which is exciting. In one year, we've done that. Think about what we might be like in just another year. Then, our social media presence. I don't know if you are online at all or you see what we're doing on social media. According to Facebook, we're the largest church in the country. <laughs> like, it really is. Like, I mean, we, like, I don't know how many thousands of people are liking our stuff. But these, if I was, like, in, you know, Sioux City, Iowa, Sioux City, Iowa, I would be like, I don't know what's going on down there, but these people are rocking, right? Our social media presence has expanded into the, it's one of the largest in the entire country. And then, then furthermore, My clicker, there we go. We have effectively implemented a non-event strategy. Let me tell you about what this means. At Downtown Harbor Church, we don't do our own events. We don't put on our own events. Why? Because we feel like churches have walled themselves off from the community. So what do we do just like John? And by the way, the announcements have not gotten one bit better in a year. It's just unfortunate. right? They're terrible. Gosh, we got to get some talent in here, okay? But we've effectively implemented this non-event strategy, and John talked to you about one of the things that we're doing next Friday night at Top Hat Deli. Go engage with people in our community. That's where they're at. This is why we did this. And lastly, I want to tell you what we've done in a year, which has been so cool. Um, There's been a new face at Downtown Harbor Church every single Sunday. There's been someone new walk through our doors every single Sunday. And furthermore, Lives are being changed. And when you understand the weight of that, when you understand that for the first time people are walking alongside Jesus and getting to know this massive God that we will never be able to understand or grasp, but that people for the first time are making decisions in their life that are changing their lives. Lives are being changed. So at the core of this movement, the core of this love your neighbor as yourself movement, and that's the series, the three-week series we're talking about this week. We look at who this guy was named Jesus, a guy who walked the earth and claimed to be God, claimed to be the son of God, and then predicted his own death and resurrection, proving that he was who he said that he was. And last week we talked about at the core of his message was this love your neighbor strategy. Really, once you come to know Jesus, it's really all about showing love to God than by loving other people. 
And last week we even looked at what a guy by the name of Paul said. One of the, he's a guy who wrote over half of the New Testament in the ancient scripture. And he said in the book of Galatians, he said the only thing that counts, the only, don't miss this, the only thing that counts is faith, saying yes, that Jesus is who he said that he is, expressing itself through love. That at the core of this movement, this is what it's all about. The Jesus movement was all about other people. This is what I want you to tune in with me today about. The Jesus movement at the core of it was all about other people. And from my earliest memories of church, and I've said this here before, my earliest memories of church, I've kind of sat back and I've gone, I don't know what this is supposed to be like, but what I'm experiencing isn't it. If Jesus, the message of Jesus, this love your neighbor as yourself message was all about other people, I saw a problem. And as I've been saying around here, there's always a problem. The problem was this. The problem was is that the local church, be, there we go, the local church of today has become all about itself. And if you resonate with that at all, that's probably why you connect so much at Downtown Harbor Church. Because the local church of today has turned into country clubs and holy huddles where people come in and they practice things to bring themselves closer to God. But in my experience at the local church, I rarely heard about love. I rarely heard about loving other people. It just didn't line up for me. It didn't line up for me how the local church, this place that was supposed to be the core and the root of the Jesus movement, was so opposite from what he taught us to do. Let me tell you about some things that I was taught inside the local church. I was taught these things that I needed to do with my life that were spiritual disciplines. In, at its core, this was my experience in the local church. I was taught to do these things called spiritual disciplines. So what were things that I was taught to do? And maybe you've been taught this as well. I've been taught that prayer is super important and you need to pray. And the longer time that you spend in prayer, you are going to be closer to God. Not necessarily not true, but this is one of the things that I was taught in my time in the local church. I was taught that attending church was important. That the more times that you show up to church, the closer to God you'll be. So what did churches do? So they started to have Sunday service and Sunday night service and Wednesday service and Tuesday prayer and you know Thursday women's groups and Friday men's groups. And the more time that you come to church, that you're going to be closer to God. And don't get me wrong, I'm going to talk about this in a second. These are good things. These are not bad things. This is just at the core of what I was taught. I was also told that reading the scripture daily was essential to knowing God. In fact, I was oftentimes scolded that if I did not do this daily, that I was not going to be close to God. And then I've even been told by certain Christians throughout my time that I needed to listen to church music in the car. Like... That is not something that I do a lot, right? But they're like, listen, if you, you have the country station on, you are a heathen, right? Listen, this is what I was taught. And here's what I want everybody in the room to understand. At the core of this, at the core of these things that I was taught, here's what I want you to know. Spiritual disciplines are good. Spiritual disciplines are good things. If you want to do those things, you should. If, you, if that's what brings you closer to God, you should do those things. They are not bad. But don't mistake this. Spiritual disciplines that don't lead to love are just habits. Spiritual disciplines that don't lead to us loving others more are just habits. And at the core of my experience in church, I was... Very rarely, if ever, taught about love, but oh boy, was I taught 
about spiritual disciplines. I've been taught that my entire life, those are the most important things that I should ever, ever do. Furthermore, what I've been taught is, is that we've been taught that our spiritual disciplines demonstrate our love for God. We've been taught that if we just go and do those things, then we're fine with God. And really, it doesn't matter how you treat anybody in your life. It doesn't matter how you treat your family or people that you work with or people on the street. You can just go and pray it away and come to church on a Sunday morning. Spiritual disciplines that do not leave to, to love are just habits. Everything that we do should lead to loving our neighbor as ourself. That is at the core of the Jesus movement. So, let me make a couple of points, and I want everybody to just zone in with me because this is so important. Here's the first point. How you work is as important as how you pray. How you work, how you show up, how you treat your coworkers, if you're a business owner, how honest you are, how you treat your employees, how you treat those who you supervise. I mean, if you're an employee, how you treat your boss. If you think that you can be a creep at work and show up at a church on any given day and just pray it away and go back to being that way, you are wrong. You cannot mix these two up. It doesn't work how you work. Is as important as how you pray. Resolving conflict with someone. Don't miss this. If you're in conflict with someone, resolving conflict with someone is as important as attending church. You know I know this? Because Jesus talked about it. And if you were here during the summer for our series, Revolutionary, you heard me say this, okay? But this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar, right? These are the words of Jesus. Because this is what people did in the old way. If they, uh, if they were wrong or they, if they sinned, they would need to present something at the altar before God so that they could make themselves right with God. But this is what Jesus said. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar and go and make it right. Don't miss this. Go make it right with whoever you have offended and then come and offer, sorry, my clicker, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Jesus said, hey, 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 you got a beef with somebody? Get out and go make it right before you come back in. Because the Jesus movement was all about other people. It was never rooted in us. And lastly, just let me give you one more point or just an example here it is. Putting your spouse first is as important as reading the daily scriptures or the scriptures every single day. If you're in a relationship or you're married or you're going to be someday, you need to understand this because you know what? Christians have some of the worst, most pathetic marriages on the planet because they don't want to invest in this and they just go, I'm just going to go make it right with God by going into a church. It's okay if I treat my spouse like dirt. This is, this is at the core of everything that's wrong with culture and society because it's not rooted in love. It's not rooted in what Jesus said. And spiritual discipline, spiritual habits are good things. You should do those things. But if they don't lead to love, my gosh, they are just habits. And we have gotten this so wrong. Think about your experience in church. Growing up in it. Think about it. You've experienced exactly what I have. That's why you're here. 
But see, Jesus liked to teach in parables. Parables were fictional stories that uh, he made up to prove a point. And there was one time that Jesus was telling a parable, and he started to tell this story about these guys. And just let's, let me put it up on the screen because it's so interesting. Just imagine Jesus and his disciples, his closest followers, having this conversation. Here it is. It's in Matthew 25, 35 through 36. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him. Jesus is talking about, he goes, Lord, I can just imagine I'm looking around. Lord, when did, when did we see you hungry? Did you see him hungry? I didn't see him hungry. I had all those fish and bread. Like, I didn't see him hungry, right? And, and feed you, or thirsty, and give you something to drink. When, when did we see you like this, Jesus? We didn't, I never see you like that. And when did we see you, a stranger, and invite you in, or naked, and clothe you? I don't ever remember seeing you like that. I don't ever, when did, did you see him like that? I didn't see him like that. I don't ever remember that. When did we see you sick or in prison? They locked you up. When did they cuff and stuff you? I miss that, right? We didn't see you go to jail. Or, when did we see this? this? You didn't do this. And then the king will answer to them. This is so important for us to understand because, gang, this is everything. This is everything. The king, Jesus, will answer and say to them, truly, I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. You mean that if I did the things that you were just talking about to another person, I'm actually doing it for you? You did it to me. He's talking about himself. He's saying, you are doing this for me when you understand that this movement is all about love. Yes, those other things are good, but if you think that's everything, gosh, you're wrong. This is what you got to do. You did it to me. Your devotion to God, don't miss this. Your devotion to God is illustrated, demonstrated, and authenticated by your love for others. That's what it's all about. Your devotion to God is illustrated, demonstrated, and authenticated by your love for others, not those other things. Those are good. You should do them. They're not bad. Don't, mis don't misunderstand this. But if you miss this, you've missed everything. And at Downtown Harbor Church, I want us to be, at least in my experience, the very first place I've ever been a part of that is getting this right. What if, what if we started to get this right? Instead of measuring our love for God in spiritual habits, look at this, don't miss this. What if your love for God was measured by the way you love other people? What if your love for God was measured by the way that you love other people? What if we just started to understand that? What would our offices like, look like? What would our families look like? What would our city look like when we understand this? I have to tell you a story. It's a story that um, is very powerful, so kind of buckle up. Caitlin and I um, 
we don't have kids, um, so we travel a lot. And so we've said, um, as long as that's where we're at in life, we're going to take advantage of it and we're going to travel. So this year, I cashed in a whole bunch of Delta Sky Miles. Boy, did I rack those babies up, and we went to Hawaii. And if you're like us, we're the weirdos who make friends on vacation. Like, I don't know if you're like us, but like, we just are. Like, I don't know if I just have one of these faces that looks like, hey, I'm going to go talk to that guy, and then we become friends. And then, like, we end up out to dinner with people and the whole deal. It's just, one, it's just a thing. I was telling my buddy John about it in the back, and I was like, hey, do you like to make friends on vacation? He's like, no, I like to lock myself in a house. I said, okay, got it. <laughs> so we're out where we meet these people at the pool in Maui, and we're sitting there talking to them, and we strike up a conversation. He asks what I do, and that's always that awkward question that you've heard me talk about before. But I tell him, I said, you know, these people seem nice. We just planted a new local church in downtown Fort Lauderdale. It's really cool. It's new. It's, we're starting to grow and see some success, and it's a really cool thing. So he's there with his wife, and they start to tell us a story about their son. They said, oh, really? That's interesting. You know, our son recently kind of re-came to faith, met a girl, and they got married at her church. And I go, oh, that's cool. Well, I started to watch the mother, and she started to just be a little bit awkward while talking about it. And, and she kind of made a derogatory comment, and I said, well, do you not like his wife? And she's like, no. She's like, I'm just sad about something. And I said, well, what are you sad about? And she said, well, they got married, and I'm glad that they have this faith at this church, and they're doing good things, but because we weren't members of that church, we were not permitted to go to their wedding. And I was so mad. I mean, like, I could not even contain in my moment that what was going on inside of me. And then the husband said something to me right after that. He goes, and he was kind of joking, and he had a cocktail in his hands. So he was probably a little loose, but he goes, wouldn't you think the church would want people to come in and see what they're all about? They walled us off. We weren't even permitted on the premises. I said, seriously? And I said, I looked at Caitlin and said, this is why we're doing this. This is how backwards and broken the local church has become. This is how sick it has become. It is nothing more in many circumstances than a country club where you need an ID to get in the door. And I don't know about anybody else in this room, but I could not stomach that for one more day. That's why a year ago, we made the most difficult decision we ever made to plant something different in Fort Lauderdale and look at what has happened in our city. And I got to tell you something. Oh, yeah, you can, okay. Hot up here under these lights. I don't know if you guys are hot, but I'm hot. Right? And, and, and for one year, we've gotten to share life together. I don't know if you guys know this, but one of the best things about the size of downtown Harbor Church is that we've still been able to get to know each other. And I don't know all of you super well, but some of you know each other personally or are friends. And I know many of you personally and are friends. And why I think that's so important for us to understand is this. I just want to tell a quick story, because every time I hear this or see it, it reminds me of all of you. It's very important to understand. So, I don't know if you ever watched the show Lost, um, but it was one of my favorite shows. And um, throughout the last season, season six, the characters of the show, and you didn't know it until the very end, but they were in the afterlife for half of the series, or the, half of the last season. They were all in the afterlife, and we didn't know where they were until the very last episode. Now, I'm not theologically endorsing this. I'm not saying that that's what it's going to be like, because we really all don't know at the end of the day, but I'm not endorsing this, but there was a moment 
when the lead character, Jack was his name, discovered that he had died and was in the afterlife. And one by one, they started to discover this, and he was the last one to discover it. And his dad was there. And his dad was the first person that he met after he discovered it. And he was confused. He was confused about where he was and why this had happened and why were all these other people here. And he goes, Dad, why are these people here? And his dad goes, well, there is no here now. It was confusing, and they didn't understand it. But then he said something. And every time that he says it, or I watch it, because I'm a weirdo and I watch clips on YouTube a lot, and I pull this one up just when I want to see it. But he said something that every time that he says it reminds me of the people in this room. He said this. This is what he said. He goes, Jack, even though there is no here now, these people are here because the most important time in your life was spent with these people. The most important things that you ever did were together. And I have to tell you something. Throughout the past year, I believe that rings true for the people in this room. The most important times in our life might have just been spent together. And I have to tell you, nothing stirs me up like that. Because this church, what we've all set out to do together, this is not about me or anybody who would come on this stage. This is about what all of us do together. This church is changing lives. It's changing our city. It's changing our community. And who wouldn't want to be part of that? Think about what's happened. Look around this room. Hang out for a few minutes on your way out. Get to meet somebody. Because what's going on in one year at Downtown Harbor Church is God-ordained and Jesus-led, and we are leading the movement to love our neighbor as ourself. And I don't want to be a part of anything but that. What if your love for God was measured by the way you love other people? Can you imagine what our city would look like? Can you imagine what our community would look like? Can you imagine what your family would look like? Can you imagine what your workplace would look like if we just got this right? And why we, why I am so broken about my experience with church is because we never, at least in my opinion, when I was there, before we started this, got this right. Guys, that's why we're here. That's why we're celebrating one year today at DHC, so that we can get this right together for the first time. And I will tell you personally for me, those of you who I know and those of you who I don't, I'm so thankful that all of you have chosen to be a part of this with us. This is not about me. It's not about our brand. This is about all of us saying yes to doing this together.